Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dalmatian on Underdog Fantasy, $101 entry, three entry max. That's what we're drafting here tonight on Spike Week. Put a little of our strategy to use for a little bit of a different tournament with only three entries, smaller field, and a little higher dollar price point. Let's figure out how we can navigate our way to the top of this best ball tournament. Let's do it. You usually start these things, Eric. What are we doing here? I, I, I was, was going to say something about what we're going to be releasing later, and then I uh, <laughs> I froze because I was like, I shouldn't spoil the surprise. Like uh, that's all these things are going through my. I was like, you yeah. know, what's really fun is tonight's a great night. We got something, something coming later, and then I was like, wait, wait, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that, and then you just like <laughs> totally, totally freeze. Um, no, I am excited. We have been doing. Rob's obviously been drafting every Sunday. We've done some drafts. We've done some. We're doing it. We're still. We're polishing up an offline draft. We got lots of different uh, draft content, both live and pre-recorded here on the channel. But Rob and I actually haven't drafted together in a little while, and I'm I'm particularly interested in this tournament, the Dalmatian, which is what we're drafting here tonight on Underdog. It is, of course, Underdog, very creative and and sharp with uh, everything about their their contest, a $101 entry, it being the Dalmatian. But I I, I love, who doesn't love, Best Ball Mania, the DraftKings Millie, all these huge tournaments. They're tons of fun. I mean, life-changing money. Uh, who doesn't want to draft for that in Best Ball? But I've really found myself, at least personally, like super interested in these, these kind of... Uh, not one-off tournaments because this is already the Dalmatian two, but these 
similar to DFS, where we have three entry max, 20 entry max, 25 entry max, single entry, uh, particularly maybe some of the little bit higher price point, which then in turn makes it a little bit of a smaller, right, smaller final, maybe easier advancements throughout the whole course of the of the regular season and uh, weeks 15 and 16. I found myself really interested in those tournaments as Rob pulls it up here um, for the audio listeners. You will obviously, of course, draft in your normal 12 team league you against 11 other people and then you have to finish in the top four out of that group right so in best ball mania as an example in almost every uh best ball tournament that exists it's usually two out of 12 advance to the playoffs in this one it's four similar to our bulldog draft which if you're uh if you're subscribed to the channel or if you've been following along we're on to our last two picks of the $500 bulldog it's been a really fun uh, process where we're recording videos for every pick that we make, but that's a big difference. I mean, it's double the amount of teams that make it out of each 12 team league, right? That's a huge difference. And then in what they call round two in week 15, three out of eight people advance. So nearly half of a very small group of teams advance into from round two into round three. And then in round three, it's two out of eight. So again, a much easier path to advance through this. And then we do still have a hundred and two person or team final, but relatively speaking, that's that's small in this new landscape of best ball. That was big, you know, three years ago, but now it's pretty small. And I just found myself uh, really kind of enjoying the strategy that comes from this kind of a tournament, especially then when we we add on the fact that it's three entry max. So I know that I'm only competing against three of Rob's teams. I know I'm competing against only three teams from you know these smart folks in the chat and the smart folks in our Discord. Thinking about the strategy in terms of roster construction when it's a little easier to advance in a smaller final and those kinds of things is is pretty fascinating to me. And with best ball really exploding, we're getting a lot more tournaments like this. Um, Best Ball Mania and those tournaments get all the hype as they should. But these are tournaments that I think, um, you know, can really help us smooth out maybe some of the not necessarily variants, but over right where drafting hundreds of teams. If you're a sicko like us, it's nice to have the teams where you actually have a little bit more realistic shot of making the final. So I found myself pretty interested in these tournaments and I'm and thus I'm excited to to fire this one off tonight. We talked about this a little bit at the end of last year where we knew a bunch of different tournaments were coming this year. We knew there was going to be puppies. We knew DK was going to release some cheaper stuff. Drafters was going to release cheaper stuff. I fired a ton of puppies last year, a, fun, a ton of the $3 on DraftKings, on Drafters. I'm finding myself kind of, I didn't enter any of the Chihuahuas. I just left those alone personally because I've decided I want to allocate some of those funds to some bigger buy-in stuff. So I think mm -hmm. not that I'll be completely abstaining from those tournaments. Right. But I'm just trying to make sure I get my bullets into some of these as well. Just, I love the advance rate stuff. Like we said, top four, right. Of 12, then it's top three of eight. Then it's top two of eight. Uh, so you, your odds of getting through are a lot easier and the prize pool is still pretty great. I mean, obviously you're paying more for it though. But I, I just I've liked the big dog over the last few years. I really like this Dalmatian. I actually really like the Dalmatian because it's a three max. I like these single max, these single entries, these three max. And those kind of those kind of do it for me. We see that the prize pool is 30K to first, 20K to second, 15K to third, fourth is 10K. So it's really, really flat. 
across the board here. So making some money in this tournament is a little bit easier than some of the other tournaments that we mentioned. We still love all these tournaments, but these these kind of do it for me a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's again when there's no like we love all these tournaments. Who the hell doesn't love a chance at a million dollars or three million dollars or whatever? But uh, I do like mixing in these kinds of tournaments. And and a I think it's good for your portfolio if you're taking best ball seriously. I know it's a little bit higher price point, but it's it's for best ball mania teams, right? If you're if you're gonna draft a hundred, if you plan to draft a hundred best ball mania teams. You draft 96 and you hop into this or you, you know, you draft a few less and you hop in and you hop into this and uh, perfect. We looks like Rob has got us in here. We need nine more people. We'll see if we can fill that. If you are watching, um, I'll put out the bat signal in the discord as well here in just a second. But uh, there are different ways to approach these kinds of tournaments as opposed to best ball mania. So one thing that I think is really hard to somewhat wrap your head around in, um, in best ball in general, but as it pertains particularly to say best ball mania is like you're drafting these teams, right? We spend all, we spend all summer uh, drafting. Did you get in the wrong tournament? I just wanted to confirm. I didn't want any mistakes. Okay. We got in in the slow. We got in the slow. I didn't want, I wanted to make sure we weren't in the slow. Uh, So I just left and went back in just to make sure we're good. But I, I I think in best ball in general, a, we're also focused on best ball mania, rightfully. So the breadwinner of the whole best ball space in terms of tournaments, but like, um, Karain outlined it on a show we did a, a few weeks back and, other people have outlined it as well. You're a good run out is to just make like an insanely good run out is to just make the finals with one team in best ball mania. If you are totally completely, you know, you have no significant edge on the field and just by pure randomness, your chance of making the best ball mania four finals is once in every 10 years, <laughs> you would make the finals rough math is about once in every 10 every 10 years. That's insanity. And so I think it's very uncomfortable for people to do things that are a little bit off the beaten path, maybe perceived as crazy. Uh, and I don't mean like reaching and all that kind of stuff, but I just mean thinking about how you construct your teams a little bit differently. In this, you can do things that are a little bit off the beaten path, but not super duper wild and crazy like you know really trying right so something that i did fairly recently in best ball mania was uh i drafted a three tight end team that had my last two tight ends were isaiah likely and noah gray (laughs) yeah and with the thought like look those guys are probably going to suck but i'm like i don't know what happens if Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey get, get, get hurt. I'm like, I just want to see what happens. Like, you know, I mean, I don't want that to happen. No one's rooting for that, whatever. But like, what, ha- like what happens? Is, are there, are there going to be any other Isaiah likely and Noah great teams? Like, in, you know, in like uh, maybe a couple in all of best ball mania, maybe. Yeah. And so like, I'm willing to like really galaxy punt off that $25, really galaxy brain this thing. Right. In this tournament, it's like, 
you don't need to do you can do like really little things like we did in the bulldog we we went for the just let's just take the let's just take the eagles we know they're going to be awesome we know what those two wide receivers are going to give us if we get jalen hurts great if we don't no big deal and like just kind of let everybody else lose right we're not even like going out there like trying to draft the best team we're just trying to beat our opponents and just like take what the room gives us draft in structure draft a, a sharp team right we took lamar we set up stacks it didn't work out perfect but we drafted a good team we didn't do anything crazy and just like kind of let everyone else fail in best ball mania it's like I, i'm doing more I'm, I'm trying to exploit things and scenarios that may play out like right i don't know once in every 10 years maybe travis kelsey and mark andrews get hurt and i'm like eh. You know, what does it matter? I'm probably not going to win this thing anyway. Let's build for this absurd scenario that's really unlikely to happen. And so there's such a stark difference in things that I think you not necessarily should try, but are much more um, open to you in best ball mania. Like, like I, my last three picks were tight ends. I forget even who the first one was. I think it was like Jake Ferguson, Jake Ferguson, Isaiah likely and Noah gray. And just be like, please let Jake Ferguson be Dalton Schultz. And what happens if Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews get hurt? Like then this team is the stone cold nuts right at tight end with my last three picks in this format. I'm not saying you can't do that in this format, but you don't have to do that. It's so small. It's so easy to advance. You don't have to take on that much risk to try to realize your upside. So like, I do think generally speaking, there's a lot of different things we should do between these different tournaments. But I think most people just think like best ball is best ball, right? I just draft the best team in every single draft and I move on and don't think about how different every contest is. So are you saying that you don't want to draft Gardner Minshew in this Dalmatian yeah. draft? <laughs> Is that what have I'm hearing? Dra- have you been drafting in Superflex or something? Let's fire up no. late round Mike White and Gardner <laughs> Minshew and uh, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, but it was a t- it was a discussion. Remember, like before the draft, and they signed him, and we were talking about Gardner Minshew, and that just completely that's completely gone now, which is pretty funny. I don't yep. know. I just I love. I was actually going back and looking at some of my big board teams and seeing where I got certain players and stuff. And I think I was getting Madison in like the 130s or something at that point yep. for the big board. It was incredible to look at. So, yeah, I, I don't think you got to get too crazy on this. I think it's it's roster construction. It's the advanced rates kind of support stacking. We, we do what we know how to do, and we just try to do it better than everybody else in the draft, or at least better than two other people in the draft, right? Since we're trying to yeah. be a top four team. That's all we care about. We're looking, we're looking to advance out of this because advancing matters a bit more in this because three out of eight in the second round, two out of eight, and, you know, it's 25%, 30 so or so percent, and then 25%. Your odds of advancing are much better. So you can build some really solid foundational teams in these and get them through and then take your chances in the playoffs against other people that probably did the same thing. You don't have to do the double elite QB stuff in this like I did in the single entry. Uh, That was a little bit more for fun and just to see what we could build and get a little crazy. It's also a winner-take-all tournament, right? So that's why we're doing like some crazy-ass shit there. But we don't have to do that. That's here. a good. That's a good. That's a good tournament for um, the uh, contingent value tight end uh, strategy. It's just perfect. Like, what What happens if Kelsey and Andrews both get hurt this summer? 
right? And you head yep. into week one and you have Isaiah Likely and Noah Gray on your team in the 17th and 18th rounds. That team is set up pretty damn nice to win a, a winner take all. But again, in this, even in like best ball mania, um, like I'm the one saying that I did that. And I, I do think you should do some, some funky things like that in a sliver of your uh, portfolio in best ball mania. But like, even then there's so many levers you can pull to kind of get you uni- unique starts, unique stat combinations, you know, uh, take if you want to take a big stand on it. I mean, I'm doing this too. You want to take a big stand on a player, right? I'm if Damian Harris gets hurt this this summer, uh, you may not see me for a few weeks. That may be the end. I'm of so the scared year. about what we're about to get for a draft spot. I'm Here we so go. Scared. God damn it! It just doesn't fail that we don't get a good draft spot ever. Oh my god! I don't think we've uh, you and I certainly together have not streamed a draft uh, from you know like a top five pick. It's so infuriating. Like, just give us something on stream that's like a top two pick to make these teams fun. Now I got to do, now we got to go, do we want to draft AJ Brown or Stefan Diggs? Like every other <laughs> draft we've done. Jesus. What have you been doing from draftings. the back? What What have you been uh, trying to do from the back of the uh, first round? Um, The 10 spot. Usually it's just like AJ Brown or Stefan Diggs. The 11, the 12 spot is where I get a little more creative where I'll scroll down and I'll get some unique combinations with like Waddle and Mahomes or something like that, or um, Amonra or Nick Chubb and Mahomes, something, something different that like those combinations aren't happening as much right now, but that's been my general play. I don't think we're going to have to do that here though. No. Maybe we will. Maybe maybe everyone goes super wide receiver heavy and we miss out on some of these guys and we have decisions to make. I've been just kind of... Uh, I, I haven't found... Most of the time, probably even by this point, and, and at any pick in the top, probably even six, I have... Uh, I feel pretty comfortable about kind of what I'm doing. Even when I'm mixing and matching in the second and third rounds and all that, I, I feel good. And I definitely feel good about what i'm doing later in the drafts like i'm pretty locked in now late june at what i'm doing i still haven't gotten comfortable with what my favorite approaches are kind of 110 111 112 um i certainly have things that i'm doing but i don't i don't i just haven't locked in anything where i'm like yeah this is my favorite way to approach this this part of the draft obviously aj brown and Diggs both go are you taking any eckler Bijan, or is it cd or garrett wilson or what's your preference um i'd probably prefer a wide receiver here if it were me do you like cd or do you like garrett wilson better i like cd better than garrett wilson all right let's do cd i don't expect garrett wilson gets back to you but i think he has a better chance if you wanted to take both um Mm -hmm. i don't know that i've ever seen cd fall to the 15th pick but i have seen garrett wilson fall to the to the 15th pick and then whether he does or doesn't um, you know, and he obviously goes at the 111. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have seen Bijan fall back there, which might happen right now. We'll see what uh, the 202 Whoa. does. What what Bijan FUD did I miss? Because he's been going middle second of a lot of the drafts I've been doing lately. I think uh, people just kind of, I don't want to say so. I actually would take Bijan here. <laughs> um, particularly in this draft, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of CD Bijan. Um, and Bijan uh, uh, 
Chop and I talked about this on the radio uh, <laughs> this weekend. I think Bijan, where he was going when he was going in front of Eckler, when he was going like seventh or eighth overall, was definitely a little, um, people were pushing it a little bit. He does not project from a most likely scenario to probably be worth that pick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the, even in the late first or something like that. The difference is that Bijan to me is like the epitome of small miss, big win type, type player. And I mean, how big of a win can you be as a first round pick? Not really that big, but he's so good that we know that their running game is going to be good and efficient. And we know that because Caleb Huntley was efficient getting the ball. Tyler Algier was efficient. 30-something-year-old Cordero Patterson was efficient with Marcus Mariota throwing ducks all over the field, right? Now they have London, Pitts, Bijan. They're they're much improved. Ritter, I hate saying this because it, it always technically can be worse, but like Ritter can't be worse than Marcus Mariota. And it's just like they're – isn't really a lot of risk theoretically in these early running backs, but like, I mean, technically Saquon could hold out. Josh Jacobs could hold out. Jonathan yeah. Taylor, Jonathan Taylor does have a new situation with Anthony Richardson that presents a lot of, un- a lot of uncertainty. I love Nick Chubb, but it's not like the Browns were some, you know, steamrolling offense last year. I love Tony Pollard, but like Tony Pollard has never really been able to, and they've never shown us any indication of him being a true workhorse. Bijan just feels like this really cozy pick here, especially now once we get into this pocket. When you when he was like going by Kelsey ahead of AJ Brown, ahead of Diggs and stuff like that, mm. I think it was a little bit tougher. But I think the market has just kind of been like, okay, maybe we were pushing it a little bit too far on this rookie, but now I feel like this is where like I feel really good about getting my my Bijan when he falls out of that past digs and stuff like that like all these guys there's just a huge freaking tier man from from Eckler on down so I feel really good about Bijan now kind of at this more like this two three turn or early second round I think he's he's like I said pretty cozy um if he had went I would have probably been pushing for Chubb for multiple reasons I think I still think Chubb is like kind of head and shoulders above most of these other running backs I like Pollard a little less than him, but like they're close. But where Chubb's going on the board, I think getting a CD Nick Chubb team would be slightly unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Jake Wells in the draft makes me want to vomit. Where he said all three of his Dalmatians had CD and Bijan together. That's like vomit inducing for me. But <laughs> but it's it's what we do with the rest of the draft, right? That's yep. what we have to figure out. All right, we're gonna be coming. How long back. is this? Do you remember when this opened, the Dalmatian 2? How long has this been open? It's been probably three weeks-ish, yeah, three I weeks, think. Right? I think about three weeks or so. So we're this, the problem with drafting in the back part of the third round, although we're so used to it at this point, is it's right where shit kind of falls off. There, There's like that massive cliff that, cliff that we talk about. I both, hate getting it. Both of the first. I don't mind like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten turns, but one, two, and three, four – it's terrible. Yeah, I agree. Although we might be able to do something that I might like here. We'll see what happens with this pick ahead of us. Sp- Spike goes with Keenan Allen. What are your thoughts on Brees Hall here? Or would you I want love to go back to wide receiver? Yep. I'm, I'm totally fine taking taking Brees, which is 
you know, it's funny because people would hate me for betraying my wide receivers here in the early rounds. But um, Brees, to me, should be going more in that. I know we, we have the injury. I totally understand that. But from a talent upside, even probably floor with the injury thing, he should be going more in that Ramondre Jacobs, certainly Derrick Henry tier and all that. And so mm-hmm. when it's this kind of gross, flat wide receiver tier where we know we're just going to have a pick, we're going to get the pick of the litter here in the fourth round of like 10 guys that I don't really have a big, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, Brees is a, is a huge, it's a massive fall off a cliff after Brees for me at running back, whereas wide receivers not so. Um, I was going to suggest Amari Cooper to go with that bring back for Brees, but he goes, which wide receiver do you like here? Are you looking at Watson? Do we want to go to McLaurin? Well, you know, I love McLaurin. Um, but I, I, this is, see, this is Watson, Judy, McLaurin, and DJ Moore are my four favorite guys here, but I don't have a preference. I'm going to kind of let you. Um, let's go McLaurin on this team to set some late stuff up if need be. Always like having the Sam Howell stack in my back pocket, so you're never going to hear me <laughs> argue. Um, there is a little bit of playoff correlation there. Nothing too crazy. I just I don't get McLaurin getting drafted behind Christian Watson right now. I know Watson's a little bit more explosive. But I like McLaurin. But like, not really. That's yeah, exactly. D- d- it's, like, it's, it, I feel like we've turned Terry McLaurin into this boring. Like, he's not fucking Robert Woods. Like, I feel like we're treating him like like Robert Woods or something like that. Like, two years. Like, the dude ran like a four three. Mm-hmm. He's a really explosive athlete. A couple years ago, I know. Again, I know it's a couple years ago. They've been kind of a mess with Wentz and Heineke and stuff like that. But like, so he was a huge target share and Dotson happened to steal a bunch of touchdowns last year. And I love Dotson too, but it doesn't like if the offense is better, if how like, this is another reason why I love McLaurin. The, again, the, it can't get worse type of an argument. A, it really can't get worse than Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke and, and whatever they've been doing the last couple of years. But even if Howell's bad, you have a backup that is proven to be competent, right? Jacoby Brissett isn't going to go light the world on fire, but like he's probably fucking better than Carson Wentz. So like it's like a it's a foolproof like situation basically for these guys. Like best case scenario, Howell's really good, and then and the offense is just like it way exceeding expectations. Worst case, you have Jacoby Brissett in there, and like you're fine. You're fine if Jacoby Brissett is is in there, and I think we've. Turn Terry, like I said, turn Terry McLaurin into like this boring old guy, but like that's not really what he is. He's a really good. He's good down the field. He's good everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it hasn't all like fully come together for a whole season, so he feels boring. But I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty into him. Obviously, I've I've made that known quite a few times. I also think it's player fatigue because we talk about him every year and the potential like upside of Terry McLaurin, and we've done it for what four years now. And people like the shiny new toys, so they're going to talk a little more about Christian Watson, want to take Christian Watson, because it's his second year. He flashed last year, but to your point, Terry McLaurin's flashed almost every year. We get that consistent yeah. play, and you know it's wheels up with Terry McLaurin. We got the enemy there in Washington. I think they're going to let him really 
have the reins of the offense. I don't think he's going to be impeded too much um, by Ron Rivera at all based on like Rivera's on like his last leg of yes before he gets canned. So the enemy is his only hope of keeping this job. Right. And now he's probably also the dagger that, you know, the enemy's yeah. also the guy that's going to close the coffin, but like it, it, it could be a head coach in waiting type thing, which is, sort of what I think the enemy was hoping for in Kansas city, but like, this is the real one. Like Ron, right. he, he, he might've gotten that, you know, uh handshake agreement from new yeah, ownership. Blank. That was, that was like, yeah, I don't know exactly. Like they're like, I don't know exactly. You know, he's the uh, assistant to the regional manager, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't know when this is going to happen, but you're the man, right? Come here. You're going to be the man and you're in a good situation and you can turn this offense around and make this your team. Yeah, and he has the players that he can do something there. It's a least. talented offense, dude. Like, it's a really talented offense. All right, we're going to be coming back on the clock here in a second. End of the fifth round. We have Bijan, we have Brees Hall, we have CeeDee Lamb, we have Terry McLaurin. So two running backs, two wide receivers. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, JSN is my favorite guy right here. Um, I also like Deontay. Those are my two favorite uh guys in this range um i don't have a gigantic preference you like jsn even i don't like lock it on board yeah all right we'll take jsn the reason for jsn for me is um i totally understand every like one of the concerns right oh is he only going to play the slot they have a lot of target competition and all that Mm -hmm. but like lockett is getting a little bit older and this guy was before, you know, an injury riddled kind of awkward last year at Ohio State was the the guy that everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, this is a top five pick for sure. A top 10 pick like he's a, a, one of the best wide receiver prospects. Um, the other thing I was going to say is we, it also sets us up to double tap Seattle if we if we want to uh, uh, set up a Gino. A Gino son of a... You had to speak so soon. Yeah, I know. Um, and ruin it. All right. What do you What do you like here? What are your thoughts on going pits here and getting oh. an elite tight end? Yep, love it. Double, you know, going with two of the Atlanta players, just really kind of buying into that offense for this one. Some sort of. Mm-hmm. I, I just want elite at one of the two onesie positions, which we've already lost out on at the quarterback position, in my opinion, I think there's sort of a line with, I actually think it's with Lamar. I think it's the top four. And I still think yeah. there's a different tier there to me. There's Lamar's, a tier. In the, Lamar's in the elite tier to me and definitely Herbert. Like, I mean, I like fields and I like burrow and, and Herbert and stuff, but they're not in the same tier as I mean, Lamar has, we, we, I don't want to say we've forgotten because we're still paying, you know, a third, late third price on Lamar. Where did he go in this in this draft? Am I missing? Oh, Jesus. Um, early 30, went ahead of Jalen Hurts. Uh, the uh, guy double t- went for the old Andrews Lamar. Did he take Tyreek? Can you scroll up a smidge? Did the 103 take Tyreek? Yeah. So set up the Tyreek Andrews Lamar, which is a very fun, very, very fun uh, little week 17 correlation. But Lamar, from a pure upside, like weekly, seasonal, anything, has 
more upside than all these quarterbacks. He's proven it. The MVP season and it, like the efficiency when they weren't even throwing the ball much, what he can provide. Now you have Bateman. Now you have Zay Flowers. Say whatever we want about Odell, right? You have the injuries. You have Likely. You have J.K. Dobbins. You have a modern NFL offensive coordinator. Lamar deserves to be in that tier, whereas I like Fields. I like Burrow. I like these guys, but it's just it's it's a different bet. Lamar, the only thing holding Lamar back is health. The thing holding those other guys back is is like on field play. Mm-hmm. For me, it's it's Mahomes and Hertz for like a top elite tier. Then I got Lamar and Josh Allen right next to each other, and then I kind of go Burrow. Burrow's almost like in his own little category for me. He's so unique, right? Like it's, the passing... it's he's the one of the weirdest players in drafts because of where he slides all over the board. He does. Yeah, that's true. Him and Lawrence both really, sometimes they go like right at the ADP. Sometimes guys take them without, uh, without chaser T or without uh, Ridley or Kirk or whatever. And then other times the draft room is just like, no, I don't want him if I don't have that guy. And then he might fall like burrow. I seen burrow, you know, at 60 or in the sixties, I seen Lawrence fall to 80. And then other mm-hmm. times they go at ADP or even before that they're, they're very, uh, kind of like linchpins of a draft to see how they're see how your draft is going and it happens a little bit more on DraftKings, where the borough guys come and get them early fourth late third they like i never see him go with t and jamar chase that often because people will just scoop them up and drafts like this you see them get pushed down the board a little bit more we saw no quarterbacks go till a third round here we had like a run at that point but the higher stake stuff tends to push the QBs down the board. And that's why I want those early picks to actually capitalize on that. Yeah. But, um, a little tight end run Waller and Goddard go. So good thing we took pits. Yeah. Because, we probably uh, would not have gotten, we one. never would have got, yeah, we never would have got one of those guys. I don't think maybe, maybe Waller, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming around on Waller just based on what that offense is a bit more than I was at the beginning of the season. I don't want to get crazy with him, but I will yeah. have some Waller. He's 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 particularly him with Daniel Jones is something I really wasn't that into, uh, mainly Waller. I, I, I've always kind of liked Daniel Jones at his cost, but mm-hmm. it's something where I'm, I'm like, I don't want to have a million percent of him and or that stack, but I, I also want to have some in my portfolio. All right, we Jesus are Christ. on deck here. God damn Son it. I want to be We're going to have to go flowers here, right? Zay is fine. Yeah. God damn it. I was just about to say this. If Bateman gets there, this is going to work out really well. If he doesn't, Zay's okay as a consolation, but I really much prefer Bateman. Yeah. This wasn't the type of room I wanted to be in for this. To no. be honest. I wanted to be able to make my little weaves in and out. I was hoping that when we clicked register, we were like the 10th person in. <laughs> what would you have done? Well, we can talk about it after we make this pick. I think ideally we probably move one of the running backs to a wide receiver. Um, now having seen how this played out, but uh, it would have been Bijan, right? Like if we, if I think we were to move you take, you take Waddle or Amon Ra or whatever right there instead of Bijan probably. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, I think Dwayne really wants DeAndre Swift here. That's what it feels like, Dwayne. Oh, because I don't. <laughs> All right, he takes Pacheco. 
I'm Cortland Sutton here. Yeah, I'm good with Sutton. Uh, Set up another just... stack. Keep the keep. You know, I don't love Sutton like in a vacuum. I don't love Sutton, but um, like he's he's whatever. I'm not sure that he can play anymore. Like I'm not sure that he's that good anymore. He hasn't been good for for quite a while. Maybe this will bounce back. There's reasons for optimism with Sean Payton and everything. I get it, but um, it just gets so bad after kind of him in this tier at wide receiver right. and we don't have a quarterback. And so now we're set for Russ. We're set for Ritter. We're set for Howell um, and Dak. Right. And so we're still in pretty good shape uh, and Gino. So everybody, we have all our wide receivers are set for stacks. It gives us a lot and we need that flexibility now, given uh, what this room has kind of forced us to do, you know, and we took three detours away from wide receiver. So we make, we want to be able to make sure that we're set up for stacks since we're going to be having, you know, uh, late-ish round quarterback. Yeah, I still like the Kyle Pitts pick for us. I think if we were to go back, it's probably Bijan. I think you take a wide receiver over Bijan because the wide receivers around Brees are all like we like we discussed earlier. It's like all the same dude, mm-hmm. whereas the wide receivers at uh, Bijan's spot is like the last of the superstars. You know what I mean? Uh, Amon Ra, pick whatever. We could have done the CD Amon Ra thing. We could have done Waddle, which also would have set us up for Tua, which could have set us up for like Andrews or something. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just think uh, I think that's what we would have preferred probably. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's just like when we notice that Bijan's falling down boards, it still is that like sticker shock value sometimes. We are like, oh shit, I can get Bijan in the second round, which I'd never could before. And it's kind of like, what do I do with my hands? And then you just yep. click the button. Right. <laughs> yep. So uh, it's, it's being w- aware of that situation in the future. Not that I think it's a bad pick or no, and this like team that. will still be fine. We're just like hypercritical about these little yeah. things. We draft hundreds or thousands of teams. You want them all. You want to get to this point of the draft and like not, what you really want is to not have had happen to us. What just happened to us at wide receiver. You want someone within that Bateman area to get back to you as your wide receiver four or wide receiver five. Right. Mm -hmm. And like by the end of that eighth round, you have those five wide receivers that you feel really, really good about that are in that kind of upper tier. And to me, Sutton is not in that I'm okay with him, but it's just, uh, it's, it makes for a very different team. Like it it sounds silly, but like a two, right. Cause all the running backs, there are great, like great. Uh, in terms of like ADP value or whatever. So if you put Amon Ra in place of Bijan, and now we know we're going to soak up this running back value here for like several rounds, it just makes your team stronger. Yeah. So I'm just kind of looking at the guys past us to see what we're going to want to do with our first pick here. Um, There is something that the 11 hole is going to do that we can talk about, or we'll just start talking about it now. If we want Geno Smith, we have to take him with this first pick. Yeah. Dwayne has three Seahawks on his team, so he's clearly taking Geno this round. So what we could do is take Geno and maybe Charbonnet falls to us because I don't think Dwayne's going to take Charbonnet. We'd just have to get past Draftbot here. Damien Harris. Motherfucker. Uh, Or we can take Dak. I think I would rather take Dak. All right, do we you want to try to Gino. push Dak or do let's we just take him because um there's only three guys behind us. I, there's not anybody like I'm like completely in love with. Mm-hmm. 
he's definitely like you said he's he thinks Dalvin. He, he's probably pushing Gino. He's going to push him to his next pick because yeah. Charbonnet, Rashad Penny are the kind of two guys for me here. Charbonnet and Rashad Penny. We took Dak. Let him let him have Gino. I think that's fine. We only have JSN, so it's not like we're like pot committed to Gino, and we do have all those other quarterbacks in our back pocket. I like getting Dak because it does allow us to just do two, and I think we're going to need some extra juice at running back and wide receiver, uh, given how things have played out in this room. Yeah, and I, I still am cool with two with just Dak, like da- either Dak Russ, Dak Purdy, Dak Cowell, or whatever are all fine mm-hmm. to me. It's going to be real interesting if he doesn't take Gino, but he does. Um, so Gip- Gibson Penny um, are definitely my two favorite guys. I am open to either. I prefer Penny. Um, you know, in a vacuum, I know we have McLaurin, but I, I wouldn't force Gibson just because we have McLaurin, but I'm open to. What are your thoughts either. on Samaje? Because he's got clear paths to success here. I still prefer Penny, but I'm okay. I'm open with any. You can. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to take P Ryan because. I think he's in a really, really good situation in Denver. I don't think Javante is going to be anything this year, to be perfectly honest. And I think they're going to ride Samaje. I think Samaje is going to have his best season of the year. We also have Cortland Sutton. We could have done this with Antonio Gibson as well because we had McLaurin. But I think this allows us to go if we want to do two QBs. If he gets back to us, we can do um, Russ yeah. to, go, uh, to go for this team. And there's – Dulcich available to us if we want to use him as our second tight end. I like him in the you know one forties or something like that. Um, I I like I like the Broncos uh, in general, which is kind of uh, sickening to say out loud, but it is Mm -hmm. true. I think that they're a pretty fun, excuse me, like bounce back bet. It could fail miserably, right? Oh yeah. But I I think that they're but but I think that the prices all make it like more than worth it. They barely have a running back in the top 100. They barely, obviously Judy is expensive, but Mm -hmm. we just saw Sutton's very cheap. Literally everyone besides Judy is, you can get them whenever the hell you want in your, in your draft. You have Marvin Mims later. You have Tim Patrick later. There's just, there's just so many ways to go about Broncos stacks and there. The upside has like not changed from last year. It hasn't changed at all. The only thing that's changed is they're all free. <laughs> it's just maybe it's a thinner bet, but um, I think this is a good question in the chat from Het. It says why P Ryan Gibson and Penny over Robinson, and I have an answer. But if you want to go ahead and go. take it, for, go ahead. So for me, I I do like Brian Robinson over um, like Antonio Gibson, like especially on, on underdog here. But when we've already made the pick for Terry McLaurin, I'd want the passing back a little bit more because if I'm going to try to set up that Howell stack, I'd rather have Gibson um, Howell with Terry McLaurin. So if we didn't have McLaurin, say we took like Drake London or something in that spot, I would have actually said something about Robinson here. But because we're setting up backdoor commander stacks, he's just not on the radar there. P. Ryan fits with our team as well. I'm personally completely out on Rashad Penny, so I can't answer that part, but I understand the logic behind it. Yeah, um, and it's a little bit of a bunch of different things. 
for for me with Robinson. Robinson is fine. I'm not like completely avoiding him. He's just more at the back of that tier, even behind um, P. Ryan to me. He's definitely like it's not that he's incapable of you know catching passes or whatever, but he's really not an explosive runner. He's really not uh, uh, anything special as a pass catcher. He's really not anything special as a talent. Like he's he's a grinder type guy, which is fine. Um, but as you said, like on this particular team, we've it's okay to to take Brian Robinson with Terry McLaurin. That there's it's not like that's something like oh my god you can't do that you know it, right, it's right. it's totally fine. But we're 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 having to like break ties in a in a tier where all these guys are pretty pretty similar. Whether you you prefer Penny like I do, um, and Penny is just one of the best rushers in football on one of if not the best rushing off and it's the best situation ever for a player of his skill set so i'm personally willing to take the risk that is involved with and the uncertainty that is involved to him because i mean this dude could lead the league in rushing and i would not be surprised like that is within the range of outcomes that is not within the range of outcomes for brian robinson um uh, despite the fact that i'm high on on washington and then p ryan again it was like kind of splitting hairs but p ryan is a passing down back and so if we if we do decide we want to make that broncos bet he's just a smidge better correlation with that bet than robinson is with um a washington bet so again it's just there's really no wrong answer like especially in that tier of running backs i like all those guys i like uh, eli mitchell goes uh i'm not that big on Cleo herbert but i see the upside of Cleo herbert right? Gibson, Charbonnet. I, I, I think all those guys are fine. So just based on how you have put together your team so far is, or what you might need later is kind of how you break the ties. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, we are coming back up on the clock here. It's getting quite ugly. Oh, Russ is, Russ is here. We also obviously we can double tap Russ and Dulcich. We can take, you know, an A-chain or something. We can take Jalen Warren. I really like Jalen Warren, and we do have JSN, so he does correlate there. Um, I was going to um, say, why don't we take Warren? Eight, we could double tap Achin and Warren. Let's take Warren. He's my favorite guy here, Jalen Warren. Let's confirm we get Jalen Warren, and then I think we can have a discussion about Achin and Russ if either of them get back. What I what I meant to do was to check our opponents' teams. I wanted to see if either of them had Jerry Judy to like kind of make that decision a little bit more either of them do so i think that i would have definitely not taken russ here i would have tried to push him to this 12th round yeah spot nope yep the the only reason i think to take russ and we could have done the other way too was tank tanks tanks getting steamy Tank tank is getting real steamy um only reason to take russ there is if we wanted to double tap uh russ dulcich i think and you could do dulcich rush rust too it either way is fine but um that would be the main perk of doing that but also i i just want to make it clear we do not have to take russell wilson we have a broncos right. bet we, we and we have what three other stacks in our in our back pocket at least two um mm-hmm. ritter and ritter and howell are both in our back pocket here so we can take uh yeah russ kendra mingo we could set up. We can. We can set up Bryce with Mingo. We need wide receiver juice. He's a rookie that at least mm-hmm. provides like some. Some. I, th- I think I would take Mingo. What do you think about Rasheed Rice? I only have fifty percent of him across all tournaments. <laughs> Let's take Mingo. I don't want to see you. I don't want to <laughs> see you go down with the seventy percent Rasheed Rice. I'm 
I'm you know me. I'll die on these hills. Oh, I know. I know. I like him too. <laughs> I like him too, especially as the market has gotten very confident that it's sky over rice. Um mm-hmm. like like more than two rounds confident now. Like it used to be they went right next to each other. And in that case, I think I don't really have a preference between either of them, honestly. Uh, but in that case, if you said, okay, Sky second year, and he's probably a little more of a slot, which they might need if, you know, if it's not Richie James or whatever, we know Tony's not really a full-time slot. Um, if you wanted to make that bet at the same price, I think it's fine. And, and I'm not saying don't take Sky also here, but I'm saying now Rice falling into the 140s and Sky inching closer to the top 100 again we're doing this we're, we're doing this yeah. fucking sky more steam uh year second year in a row but um i have no problem with rice i just think um again deciding between a little bit of stack eligibility there uh mingo mingo makes some sense but again it's kind of the brian robinson p ryan penny all that like dude if mm-hmm. you wanted to tell me you prefer alec pierce or you prefer whatever i would have been like yep Fine, makes sense. Totally makes sense. So we have Bijan, we have um, Samaje, Jalen Warren, and we also have Brees Hall on this team. We're—I don't think we're going beyond five RBs. If it doesn't work out, would this be one of the teams you'd be comfortable going into the season with four? Yeah, I'm. I—that's <laughs> a loaded question because I am always way more confident than the average person as it go as drafting a four running back team. I mean, we took a running back in the second and the third round and then 10th and 11th. I have a bunch of hyper fragile teams that look like this. Uh, that it may not be P Ryan and Warren. You know me, I'm very big on Damian Harris. I have a bunch of hyper fragile team, hyper fragile teams that would be like Chubb, Brees, Damian Harris, Rashad Penny, probably in the same rounds <laughs> that we yep. just drafted these guys. So like second, third, 10th, 11th, or second, third, ninth, 10th, um, and stick with four. I think that that's totally okay. I do think um, I'd prefer five on this team. I think Brees, I, I don't want to draft for like safety net, but like I think it's fair to worry a smidge about exactly how fast Brees gets out of the gates. And and just to give you a little cloud cover for for uh, for Brees, I think is is probably the best way to do it. But again, if we got to the end, if this if shit blows up for these next three rounds or whatever, we got to the end, we're like, no, dude, we need another quarterback, or we need we need wide receivers. Um, yeah, I, I would be totally fine with that. But I think five is what would be the like my preference. We do see Russell Wilson go to a team with no stacking partner for him. Of course. In the 13th round uh, was a team that was like really focused on stacking too, because they started with that Lamar uh, Tyreek Hill, Mark Andrews team. That was the, that was that team. Oh yeah. That's interesting then. So that's why I was kind of looking at it and kind of double taking it because it was a little, a little interesting because they even grab Odell to complete that set, stack. And he's set for a bunch of late round quarterbacks. He's got yeah. Stroud, Love. He's got a bunch of guys. So it's interesting to take a unstacked Russ. Yeah, a little different there. Uh, we're falling be... all the way back. I'm not saying to take him, but that's kind of surprising. Adam Thielen's there. If you want to get real old, I will log off. <laughs> Um, Everett, right. damn, 
I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind Dulcich. We've made a Broncos bet. <clears throat> do you like, do you like Dulcich over Mims for this team? Both, both is possible. Um, well, we'd be going I, real crazy on Denver at that point. Without, yeah. I mean, not that we need Russ, but let's let's just take Dulcich. And... Let's take Dulcich. We were um, only going to take two tight ends anyway, but certainly this locks us into the to the two tight ends. It gives us that flexibility to take that fifth running back, and then we're just going to load up on some shitty wide receivers <laughs> at the end of this draft. We are. There are a couple on board right now that I do. Like Dwayne takes Adam Thielen. We do see DPJ go. Marvin oh, Mims goes as well. He's going to take him. Uh, we right. get Shahid, which yes. is what I wanted to go here. Yes. I think you agree. So oh, yeah. we'll grab Rashid Shahid. Um, Big tear break I, after him. Big tear break after him, too, in my opinion. There's like him, Mims, Jaden Reed. Um, uh, but DPJ goes there. MVS is a smidge before. But like there's a group there that's like. A, a pretty strong, like from a late round, Chark, Van Jefferson, right? There's a group there that I think is is actually pretty good for 13th, 14th round wide receivers. Um, but then after them, it's like nothing but big, like lottery tickets. Yeah. I was going to suggest if we didn't do Dolchich that we do dpj in this spot and try to push shahid which i think would not have worked based on what drafted after us yeah and we would have lost out on dolchich but we could have went with laporta Mm -hmm. for a tight end to go with the bring back right for the um detroit dallas game so i wonder if that would have made more sense yeah it's you know depending upon what you think about getting a a guy, you know, almost two rounds at, you know, ADP. Sure. Um, if you want to play that game with Dulcich, I'm not yeah. sure it really matters that, you know, much from a 13th round pick. But, you know, again, we're stacking up a bunch of things that we're using to break ties. Um, I like Laporta a lot. He's, I think he's my third highest on tight end. So you're not going to hear me say anything negative about Laporta. We also have Dak CD. Um, so that would have definitely made sense. Yeah, no, and Dolchich allows us to be done at tight end. I don't think we're taking another one when we have nope. hits Dolchich here, uh, which means that we only have one more running back max, which makes me – I mean, I know we want to pound wide receivers, but it makes me kind of okay going to a 3QB build here with Dak if that's something we wanted to do. I think it's it's open to us. <clears throat> I think it's something we can be considering. Yep. As we get to the back end of the draft, we have four picks left. We have drafted a one. Oh my God. What do we have? I don't even remember. One, four, seven, two build. Oh, yeah. Seven. Right. Mm-hmm. With seven wide receivers, two tight ends, we're not tacking on to. We're only tacking one more running back max on here. Uh, yeah, I think we have some. We're gonna have some flexibility to do a few different things later in this draft if we want to. One thing in terms of the the third quarterback thing <clears throat> is that I think sometimes people will just say, "Oh, I'm gonna take the third quarterback because I got back here." I right. I don't lot like. Let's say they someone drafted a Dak, and let's say we have Howell <clears throat> as our second quarterback. They say, "I don't love only drafting two with those guys. Um, a, I would tell you to 
live a little and uh, uh oh, realize realize that uh i think people are way too scared of of what they perceive to be some two uh quarterback builds that feel a little gross um I, I think you'll find that your two quarterback builds with something like a Dak Howell, Dak Purdy, something like that will do a lot better than you probably think that they will because of the way quarterbacks score points. But if you're going to dip your toes into that third uh, quarterback, do it with a purpose. Don't just do it because, oh, you know, I, don't take an unstacked Mac Jones as your third quarterback on that team just because you're like, ah, I don't love the quarterbacks. Like, like I said, do it with a purpose. Do it with. Like even if like you drafted Traylon Burks and it's like I drafted Burks, I'll take a I'll take Tannehill as a stack with him. I drafted Brandon Ayuk, I'm gonna take Purdy on a stack with him. Like do it, stack it up, stack up again a week 17 game, whatever. Like I said, do it with a purpose. Don't just do it to do it. All right, we are on the clock here. Jordan Love is twenty-four picks past ADP right now. Yeah, uh, we just don't have it. There's nothing we can do with uh Green Bay. Right. Do we want to grab Mechie here? I would take Chuba. Chuba for our fifth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Lock yeah. up the running backs, and then we're we know we're going to take like one of these latest round quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can probably even push it to the seventeenth. If we don't want to push it to the seventeenth, I think that's okay. Um, for sure, Ritter will be there in the seventeenth. I don't know about um, how. I think that's our only, those are our only two, right? That we have uh, open to us. Yeah, but we've set up this Carolina thing, so we can go with Bryce Young here if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. We can. We can. They do have the same buy, if that uh, is uh, something you're opposed to, Dak and Bryce Young. I'm not overly opposed to it because A, can we're click on wide receiver. Four teams, but we're also. Uh, it's kind of gross. What are you thinking? Uh, just take Bryce. <clears throat> the one guy on this receiver list I'm sort of starting to look at in this back end here is it's going to be the grossest thing ever, but it is Hunter Renfro. Mm-hmm. Just based off the fact that he is most likely getting cut by or the traded. Raiders. Right. I forget. Yeah. I forget. I, I need to go look it up myself. I've listened to so many people talk about Hunter Renfro that I respect, and they're definitely right about what they're talking about. But I, I can't remember. I think he. I think it's either they need to cut him and eat salary, or they need to do some trade trade him or something. Anyway, but um, a lot of people have talked about him as a as potentially not being on the Raiders, basically. Right. I don't think he's going to be, and I think the person personally, the most perfect landing spot for him. And I know they probably don't have great cap space to do this but um he he is the perfect fit for the buffalo bills to to come in and take over like that slot role Mm -hmm. i i know they you know they drafted dalton kincaid and all that but like for a guy i'm so sick of the dalton kincaid is going to be a slot receiver conversation it's not even july and i'm so sick of the fact that they (laughs) spent a first round pick on a tight end and everybody says like well he's not going to play tight end like even right. Kyle Pitts plays tight end. Like I'm sorry, he's gonna fucking play tight end. Uh, he may play some slot receiver and wide receiver because welcome to 2023 modern day football. But like this idea, he's gonna be like their slot receiver is a little silly. Yeah. So we do see a QB run in the 16th round. We see Jordan Love go. We see Sam well, Howell. Good thing we took Stroud. Bryce. 
see Mac Jones go. Uh, so we're we're done at running back. We are done at tight end. The other thing we could have done, speaking of done, is uh, we could have not done this Greg Dolchich pick, and we could have just pu- pushed for Ferguson for our second tight end to go with the Dak stack. A hundred percent. Little mm-hmm. things we could we could be. Looking I, at. I I think if we had this to do over again, I would have not taken Bijan. And then probably like the Sutton pick becomes a running back, like that 1v1 or 2v2. Mm-hmm. And then we take away the Dulcich pick, and that is running back or uh, wide receiver. And then, like you said, we take a, a late round tight end and any one of these quarter, Bryce, um, Howell, or Ritter. So just little tweaks. I mean, the team's fine. These are, it's a totally fine and well-constructed team. I think just if I had, if I had my druthers, yeah, I, w- I would swap it a couple things around. Johnny doesn't like one of our takes. I don't even know which I think one it was Kin- I think it was Kincaid. Oh, well, I mean, there seems to be two sides of that Kincaid fence right now. Um... And guess what's going to happen? Neither. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's how this right. shit works. We are back on the clock. I mean, I got, can I, can I give you my two favorite late round wide receivers? I'll give you mm -hmm. two, two. You want two, two at well? Yes. There's no one you like better than him here. Nope. No one named Marvin Jones. Fuck no. The Detroit Lions. I I have who's going to have a three touchdown game this year. Uh, No, I'll give you the actual Detroit Lions uh, wide receiver that we should draft. If you, uh, it's definitely Josh Reynolds, but we do have this Atlanta bet. If we want to, uh, yeah, if we want to take the third quarterback, we can take the third quarterback. We can also take, um, I assume Claypool is probably gone, but then Tyler Scott is probably available as, if we want the the Chicago bring back and to have the wide receiver. But again, um, Josh Reynolds, Ritter, Tyler Scott. Uh, I'm trying to look here and see. That purple, you got to, how do you do it with that purple? Maybe it's just because I'm on StreamYard, but I can't read the name in the purple. Oh, uh, it's Terrace Marshall. Um, do you want Ritter I, or do you want I, I think we want Ritter. Okay. I think I think this is a three QB team, personally. That's that's where I am on this team. You don't like the purple? The purple shows me it goes with the quarterback. That's Yeah, that's I use a different color brain. for the purple that goes with the quarterback. I'm just saying that purple is so dark. Beautiful. I can hardly read it. It's great. Now, well, maybe I'm biased. Hacker. My high school. Uh, it's not hacker. He gave you the option. <laughs> you selected purple. He didn't select it for you. <laughs> he picked it. He picked the color purple. I just maybe, maybe it's because uh, uh, I, I, I do get what you're doing with the the purple quarterback. Uh, I uh, <laughs> I think I just biased my uh, high school and the first college I went to. Purple. I've worn purple my whole life, and it's the grossest team color of all time. I don't agree with that completely. What is? What is? Brown brown is the worst oh. color for a team. Well, that's true. But that's just like there's not does anyone besides the Cleveland Browns actually wear brown, bowling green, I guess? Bowling green and the Cleveland Browns school colors or or team colors are brown. Mm. 
All right, let's go over our team real quick. So we have Dak Prescott, Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, Samaj P. Ryan, Jalen Warren, Chuba Hubbard, C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin, J.S.N., Zay Flowers, Cortland Sutton, Jonathan Mingo, Rashid Shahid, Tutu Atwell, Kyle Pitts, Greg Dolchich. So we've talked about like some of the mistakes that we think or like little little micro mistakes that we could have done. Yeah, I think the Bijan thing's like technically the mistake, but the mistake to avoid to do the mistake to avoid would have been just looking at our draft room and reading the names on board, and we would have known, right? Like if we had looked and seen, oh, Moxie's in here, Snakes and Snake Walls is in here, Ledoux's in here, a couple other guys, we should have been yeah. like, okay, we need a double tap wide receiver, most likely. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I would have probably wish i had done but i've also been staring at this computer screen since nine o'clock this morning <laughs> i know right i've been uh, uh shout out to hacker we have a new for anyone that's watching and you were waiting for a rankings update i promise i've been working on it similar to rob i've been working on this all day uh we got a couple little we've been changing the back end and like how we manage the rankings and how they go to the site to make it so that it's a really easy and smooth process but this first kind of go around with it is not it, it takes a little bit but so i've been um staring at a screen and moving players around and moving numbers around and moving all this shit around uh all day and so uh same thing maybe my brain's a little fried so congratulations to you guys who got in this draft with us for the ev that we gave you but i do think it is so like everybody wants to draft the perfect team and have everything literally fall into place perfectly exactly how you want it right you get your Everybody, you get your two, five, nine, two. You got your stacks everywhere. You got week 17 correlations. You got ADP value. And like, not every draft goes exactly according to plan. And you can have, have like, when we took Bijan, there was nothing wrong with drafting Bijan. When we took Brees, there was nothing wrong with drafting Brees. But then when you get later, you can see how sometimes you're like, mm, I wish I just taken, right? So there was Olave on the board, I guess was the best wide receiver. You're like, wish I just would have taken Chris Olave, right? Chris Olave and then cam Akers later instead of Bijan yeah. and whoever right and zay flowers like you mm-hmm. make that swap and you're like yeah i wish i would have had that that other version but like of course you don't know that <laughs> you don't know that at at the time and then just kind of as we went little things right there's a dulcich falls two rounds after adp we do have a bet on the broncos so that makes sense you just you're like okay this is a good pick and then you get Two rounds later, and you're like, mm, I think I still would have, I think I still would have, you know, done a little bit of a swap. But I think, obviously, everyone has to go through that for themselves. But seeing how you balance all these different things and watching it play out through the course of a draft is like, it's really important. And um, maybe we punted off a hundred dollars, but we also still built like a totally fine and reasonable team. We have three stacks. We have two really strong young high upside running backs. We, we didn't really get buried at wide receiver. I mean, we still have CD Terry McLaurin, yeah. <laughs> JSN, Zay flowers, Cortland Sutton, et cetera. Uh, elite tight end with, with Kyle Pitts. I, I still really like this team, but I think it's okay to continue to learn from each draft and just be like, yeah, I probably would have made a little tweak or, and take that into your next draft and say, okay, you get the 10 spot, you take CD and Bijan's there again for you. Right okay, maybe I'm not going to try Bijan here and let's see what that looks like next yeah. time. Um, or fucking take Bijan at 10 and then come back to the, the wide receiver at the, at the next one. You can play around with all these, all these different things. And 
Um, that's why uh, I we it's been a shit. It's been a month and a half or something like that. But we put out a video in a series, how to win at best ball, which I still need to finish up. But it's like, how, like, how do you get better at all this? It's like, you kind of just got to draft. You, you Like you just got to draft and draft. Like that's what's good about all these new contests, $4, $3, $5. These different tournaments is really good because the only way you're going to figure this stuff out is, is by practice and drafting. Yeah, and there's little 2v2s we could have done. If we had decided to go Garrett Wilson over CD, I would have pushed for Nick Chubb quite a bit harder on that turnaround pick, which would have then inversely made it so that we weren't taking Brees Hall right. in the third round. We would have definitely taken probably DK or Drake London or something like that. So it's just little, little things like that. But that's not something that we can go back and change, right? Like We were fine with CD at that point. Just... Little, little things. Um, sorry to everyone in the chat. We cannot roast your teams tonight. I have a video that I want to get out and online in the next 51 minutes. So I have to finish that. But uh, any any final thoughts here, Eric? No, uh, nothing for me. Be back tomorrow. Be back on schedule with Kareen with Legendary Sickos later this week. And um, rankings update today. Um, getting our strength of schedule tool updated hopefully tonight lots we are in peak best ball mode grinding season all these new and fun tournaments and so we're going to make sure that uh everything on the site got fun some some fun video content not just always serious and drafting and strategy and all that we're getting everything out rob and i will also hopefully sometime soon schedule our first um fun draft if you will uh last year if you're new to the channel we did a hot dog eating contest draft and we did a hot ones uh hot wing eating draft and uh we will be doing that and we'll be doing some of our kind of more fun content over the course of this summer so be on the lookout for that soon but other than that we got to do a drinking stream first that's got to be our first fun stream we never did it last year we should do we should do some some shots not yeah. every round because I'll die. But also, also I have uh, I have not completely quit, but I've only had uh, one day of alcohol this in June in in this month. Not that I was some like raging alcoholic, but you know yeah. I would I, I'd like to partake. <laughs> I'd like to I like to partake in an evening cocktail or something like that. Um, go out on the weekends. We go to baseball games like a normal human being, right? But I. Uh, trying to get into better shape over the course of this summer and it is amazing when you cut the booze how quickly the weight falls off like it like even just like having like two glasses of whiskey in the evening like a couple times a week it's like cutting that i'm like jesus christ i lose so much weight so fast but trying to get in shape so if you want to watch a shit show stream when we do a drinking stream i'll be gretch on uh, nfl draft night probably uh for that one yeah yeah, thanks to Olaf in the chat. Wishing me luck at the WSOP. Not leaving quite yet. I leave on the 4th, so I'll have another stream or two. I'll definitely be here for the Sunday stream probably next Mon- Monday. Are we doing Monday night? We'll talk about uh, it. We'll f- yeah, we'll figure out around the holiday. That's a- another last thing. Sorry, last housekeeping. <laughs> we'll f- we'll get a schedule out and post it on Twitter and in the Discord for what we're doing around the, the holiday weekend. Uh, so be on the lookout for that as well. But We do got to get out of here. Rob's got to go finish up a video. I got to go finish up some rankings and some work. I'll be back tomorrow. Be looking at Twitter. We're going to post something fun tonight. Exactly. Same bat time. Same bat place tomorrow night. See you guys.
Peace. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.